Welcome to Los Angeles, the super city of the future, the metropolis of Southern California. For the benefit of discriminating visitors, this car has been equipped with the Beta Car Visitor Guidance System, courtesy of Pennywise Car Rentals and Sunset Gasoline. The clean gasoline. Helps fight strong. We're thinking about design as a tool for creating cultural fictions. Using fiction to help inform the development of new systems, interventions and design proposals. I see a place where people get on and off the freeway. On and off, off and on, all day, all night. Soon, where Toontown once stood will be a string of gas stations. Inexpensive motels, restaurants that serve rapidly prepared food, tire salons, automobile dealerships, and wonderful, wonderful billboards reaching as far as the eye can see. What happens when we apply this thinking to Los Angeles? We can think about the transportation systems in place in the city. In the first half of the 20th century, the city had some of the most advanced public transportation systems in the world, allowing the city to grow and to develop. There were plans for a monorail in the early 1960s. But ultimately, it was the automobile that took the lead role. The car and the highway offering the proposed and at the time preferable future. Though of course, there are other powers at play determining what is preferable. Oil companies, General Motors, etc. Nobody's going to drive this lousy freeway when they can take the red car for a nickel. Well, they'll drive. They'll have to. You see, I bought the red car so I could dismantle it. This vision of the future was not only reflected in the infrastructure of the city, the speed and materiality of the automobile becoming reflected in the architecture and the urban fabric of the city. Large, glazed expanses offering views interiors to the motorist passing at speed. Chrome-plated neon signage adding to the technological aesthetic available to those sitting behind the steering wheel. Good evening, folks, and a hearty welcome to our drive-in theatre. The drive-in movie cinema an ultimate expression of automotive urbanism, where social, practical and entertainment functions emerged on paved lots of individual four-wheeled rooms, plugged into the latest cinematic releases. Everything is quality and mm, so good. There are always wonderful new pictures to see, delightful snacks to nibble, a gay, pleasant evening for all. Oh, a word of caution. Don't drive over 10 miles an hour in the theater area for your safety's sake. An idea that viewed today without the haze of nostalgia could seem quite an absurd proposition. Yet, at the time, was pure expression of modernity and technological prowess. There are several areas that take the cake. We can agree on that. It's one thing to know that we have bad traffic. It's another when we are ranked officially as the worst. Fast forwarding to the present, we have a different situation. What was once the preferential future has now changed. 
possibly a victim of its own success. Now the car and its afforded freedoms become the problem, and in many ways seem surpassed by the original transport systems shunned in its favour 60 years previously. We can also start to refer directly to present-day scenarios here, where technological possibility combined with celebrity and vast wealth is shaping the discourse around possible urban situations. Tech companies proposing and even going so far as prototyping tunnels and electric vehicles sold to the public as solutions for the Los Angeles traffic, without a wider consideration for whether this is the best solution to the initial problem. The cultural or popular conversation governed by a social rather than informed critical media. Why are you boring? Yeah, <clears throat> I ask myself that frequently. Um, the uh, we're, we're trying to dig a hole um, under LA, and this is to create the beginning of what will hopefully be a 3D network of tunnels to alleviate congestion. So, I mean, right now, I think one of the most uh, soul-destroying things is traffic. This leads us to directly question: What is progress? given us in return. Yeah, all I'll grant you, the aqueduct, the sanitation, the two things the Romans have done. And the roads. Well, yeah, obviously not roads. I mean, the roads go without sand, don't they? But apart from the sanitation, the aqueduct, and the roads... Irrigation. Medicine. Huh? Education. Yeah, yeah, all right, fair enough. And the wine. Yeah, yeah, that's something we've really misrated. The Romans left. <laughs> Public baths. And it's safe to walk in the streets at night now, Reg. Yeah, they certainly know how to keep order. Let's face it, the only ones who could in a place like this. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but apart from the sanitation, the medicine, education, wine, public order, irrigation, roads, a fresh water system and public health, what have the Romans ever done for us? Brought peace. Oh, peace. Shut up. It's useful to look at how this varies from a traditional design approach, which can often seem quite top-down. In so much as science makes something possible, it doesn't really matter what at this point. From this potential possibility, we design applications that are developed into marketable products, leading to the goods we buy and are surrounded by every day. But on Long Island, New York, batteries of chefs are mass-producing entire dinners for private homes everywhere. Onto conveyor belts go portions of carefully selected foods, each cooked to within 15 minutes of completion. Full meals of remarkable variety move along, and every customer receives an exactly fair share. Now the dinners in new type disposable plates are taken to freezing rooms, accommodating more than a million pounds of partially pre-cooked food. Separately frozen meats and vegetables have long been popular. After the special freezing process, trays are removed and the dinners are on their way to appreciative consumers on airplanes, trains, and at home. When we look at creating these cultural fictions, you can add a layer of speculation. What could the future look like? Is it a future filled with flying cars of futures past? 
or collapsing 20th century infrastructure overgrown with lichen and trees? Do we dream in products or modes of living? Am I dreaming of living in a family-sized bubble of metal and glass in front of the movies? Or am I a solar-powered nomad, constantly relocating in response to the whims of climate change? This in turn leads to a wider cultural conversation. So rather than translating potential applications directly into marketable products, we start to speculate, to question what may be possible with this potential. And importantly here, would we like to do this? Is it preferable? This point of reflection allows us to A, think about the future in a more critical way, and B, discuss current practices, potentially opening the door to the discovery of new values, new ideologies. What the wife selects on her console will be paid for by the husband at his counterpart console. All bills and transactions will be carried out electronically. A central bank computer will debit the family's account the amount of purchases and credit the department store, for example, informing the family's home computer at the same time. cultural conversation feeds back into this process as a means of influencing the research and direction of innovation that science and technology takes. Many of the same processes could be looked at in the same way as science fiction. However, here, design is at the core. I, I shot six people. Well, uh, they weren't real people. What Mr. Lewis means is he shot six robots, scientifically programmed to look, act, talk, and even bleed, just like humans do. Now, isn't that right? Well, they may have been robots. I mean, uh, I think they were robots. I mean, I, I know they were robots. Yes, the robots of Westworld are there to serve you and to give you the most unique vacation experience of your life. Thank you, sir. To do this, we use designed artifacts, or more simply put, things. Things as props or tools for telling stories about possible futures. The designed thing becoming a kind of perceptual bridge, i.e. something that uses familiar cultural tropes or languages in order for an audience to associate and feel a familiarity with. However, within the fiction, these familiar traits are then rearranged in order to craft new narratives. We like to call the manifestation of this process crafting narratives. In a way, crafting the speculation through the use of design as medium. By this, we're directly referring to creating the objects, artifacts and situations that embody and make up this parallel world, or world of the future. Everything for a man on holiday. Explosive alarm clock, guaranteed never to wake up anybody who uses it. Dentonite toothpaste, to be
be used sparingly. It's the latest in plastic explosive. I could do it. I could do it. Some plastic, 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 plastic. As with science fictions, design as medium can be used to capture larger contextual questions. Through designed interventions, objects, etc., the object becomes tool for a new way of thinking, a diegetic prototype, a prototype from another parallel world. These are well suited to exploring relationships between science, technology, and importantly, society. As such, these artifacts do not target an end user but rather are addressed to a defined audience. An audience that's meant to empathize with an imagined user. A design that uses certain levels of theatricality, plays of aesthetic tropes used as a perceptual bridge to convey some familiarity, even though this prototype may be coming from another world. Hey, 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 hey! Hey, 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 stop! Little girl, little girl, stop, look! I need to bore you. Hoverboard? Where is he? Here. There! He's on a hoverboard! Board, board, board. Essentially, what we're saying is that there are two ways of looking at the design of artifacts. Methods that are not opposed to one another. There's no right or wrong. More methods that should and can run in parallel with each other. Design is process. That which devises, more akin to our original, traditional design process. Enhancing the pre-existing, iterating and providing solutions that reinforce the status quo and design as medium, employing the more speculative method, where design is used as a means to test, to probe, and to question the status quo. A design that does not provide solutions, rather is used to critique and provoke. some bizarre recent finds are changing our understanding of the Bronze Age. Holes drilled into human bone, magical objects buried with the dead, 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 We often refer to this process as a kind of reverse archaeology, in so much as whilst archaeologists look at artefacts and deduce the customs, ways of operating and living from their findings, we're doing the opposite. Creating artifacts as a means of settling and proposing hypothetical ways to exist. This is not a new thing. Stories and media have been used extensively to explore possible futures with a wide audience and varying degrees of success. Technology companies regularly envisage worlds as a means of selling more products. However, these often still subscribe to the top-down approach, not proposing preferabilities or possibilities rather the further reinforcement of the existing and indeed their own commercial or political agendas. Some examples of this include the works produced by NASA in the 1970s, such as the Golden Record detailing sounds on Earth, and the Pioneer Plaque, 
That being the case, we uh, thought it would be a nice idea to have a kind of cosmic greeting card on it in the remote contingency that it were at some future time to be intercepted by some advanced civilization. And so a uh, six by nine inch gold anodized aluminum plaque was designed, which uh, has a mysterious part and uh, an obvious part to it. The mysterious part is the man and the woman to the right of the plaque. They will be mysterious because there will not be men and women anywhere else. The rest of the message we think is written in uh, galactic clear, in the one language we have in common with everyone else, namely the language of science. And uh, it essentially indicates the planet from which the spacecraft was launched, the star uh, around which that planet goes, out of the several hundred thousand million stars in the galaxy, it specifies one, and the year of launch out of the 10,000 million year history of the galaxy. And it does it by uh, reference to a set of galactic clocks called pulsars. Well, the chance of this uh, being intercepted is small, precisely because space is so empty, empty, empty. designed objects encapsulate a representation of humanity, a preservation and a possible message. It's also interesting to think about how the world would have been crafted. Who was deciding upon the values that are being told through these objects? How were these edited? And indeed, to whom are they really addressed? Whether we want to have a fleet of autonomous vehicles rolling through a network of underground tunnels at breakneck speeds, to travel to augmented realities where we can carry out our most extreme fantasies, or simply be able to have cheeseburgers on demand delivered and paid for through an automatic payment protocol, should be open to greater scrutiny. Not necessarily just subscribed to blindly. By questioning the status quo and the powers in control, we can re-democratize the conversation and maybe even rewrite the future. Even the most fantastic prognostications from the middle of the 19th century about uh, the technology of the 20th century all fell short. People like Jules Verne asked to imagine what transportation devices people would have in 1950, imagined a kind of Victorian living room yes. with plush velvet furniture in a gondola at the bottom of an enormous balloon which went from New York to San Francisco in only a few weeks. And he was, of course, the most imaginative speculative thinker of the 19th century. Others would have been more cautious. So it's very difficult to predict far into the future, even a hundred years, when uh, not only new technology, but new scientific principles may be discovered. Right. 